a lot of startup building, company building is um, it's a social thing. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to plug into all these different things that you need to do, but you need to find the best people you can in those areas to really help you. Because there's there's no one person sitting in some basement or even in a garage coding the future. To say these are challenging economic times is an understatement. As COVID-19 vaccines are rapidly being distributed, the promise of a revived economy seems closer than ever. Not so fast, though, as experts warn that life in the United States will probably not fully return to normal until the fall. And yet, in spite of all the uncertainty, entrepreneurs are still founding new companies. The Fordham Foundry, a business incubator based at the Gabelli School of Business, has continued to stage contests for burgeoning ideas. Its most recent one, the Rams Den, took place on February 6th, and a second one, a pitch challenge geared towards less developed business plans, will take place March 27th. So what is life like for a small business owner these days? We sat down with Brandon Adamson, a Gabelli MBA graduate whose company Beauty Maps won the 2019 Pitch Challenge, and Ozzy Usman, a current EMBA student who won second place in this year's Rams Den with his small business lending company, Equiduct. I'm Patrick Verrill, and this is Fordham News. Hi, guys. Welcome to the first ever Zoom-enabled Fordham News conversation. So this is about business, so I'd love to hear the elevator pitches for your companies. Brandon, you're up first. Ready? Go. Sure. Thank you. So my name is Brandon Adamson. As you mentioned, a Fordham recent MBA, recent Fordham MBA grad from the Gabelli School of Business. And I am the founder and CEO of Beauty Maps Technologies, LLC. So Beauty Maps is the prime global freelancing platform specifically tailored to the beauty and makeup industry. We empower independent professionals and clients to receive and provide beauty and wellness services. Essentially, my goal is to connect makeup artists who are certified or not certified with new clients. And right now that's scattered use between YouTube, StyleSeat, Instagram. We're looking to house that on one platform. Okay. Ozzy, go. Thank you, Patrick, for having us on. Uh, so Equiduct is a company I uh, that we started about two years ago. Um, it was started by myself and three other founders. Uh, we specialize in providing small business loans specifically to high risk and startup businesses. Uh, what we did was we took a look at that specific segment and determined what are some of their key pain points and built, built a solution around how do we get funds directly to them as quickly as possible by using automation for risk management, uh, as well as making sure that we can uh, also ACH uh, and wire funds to them immediately versus them being in a holding pattern for an extended period of times. So overall, what we're trying to do is essentially provide funding for businesses that are struggling. So now, Brandon, you won the pitch challenge in 2019 um, for your idea. And obviously, so you've been working with Beauty Maps since then. How's that been going? So I would say it's been going great by way of how much I'm able to learn throughout this process. Obviously, the pandemic has put a strain on the industry I'm targeting by way of makeup. Right now, people are not out as outside as much. Events such as weddings and these huge events that require people to get dressed up or dolled up aren't really happening. So there, there, there has been a slowdown per se. However, what that has allowed is me somewhat extra time to be able to build the infrastructure for my company a little bit better. So what that looks like for me is making sure my MVP or my minimal viable product for an app is as sound as possible, even as a version zero iteration. That means making sure the marketing and advertisement I'm building up 
that anticipation to the idea that once people are able to go outside, there is this platform they can rely on that to connect them with makeup artists or estheticians to provide those services. So did you make major adjustments about a year ago when all this started to fall apart? Absolutely. So Beauty Map's main target or main goal is to provide a mobile platform to connect makeup artists with their current clients and new clients. So it's, it's a way of discovery as well as continuing your book of business. One of the long-term visions or long-term goals for the company was to also have a multi-vendor marketplace, thinking Etsy, but for makeup. So mm. instead of doing that three to five years down the line, we somewhat fast-tracked that, and now on the Beauty Maps website, we actually do have a multi-vendor marketplace where I've partnered with a lot of other small businesses that sell cosmetic products such as makeup or eyelashes or eyeliner that are now currently being featured on my website. So the app itself isn't there yet. I'm not actually connecting the makeup artists just yet, but we're still able to generate some revenue and at least some traction around the word or the name Beauty Maps so that once we're able to roll it out, people have somewhat of a familiarity with it. Ozzy, you were further along, obviously, with your business when you entered the Rams Den this year, because that's just the nature of the Rams Den competition. Talk to me a little bit about what you've been doing. I think I'll I'll echo what Brandon said. It's been very challenging. Uh, We started the business, we built out our MVP, we secured funding. So we did some basic blocking and tackling things. Uh, By the time we had entered into the new year, 2019, there was word you know on the street for lack of a better phrase of COVID starting um, and then obviously it hit the second it hit things just slowed down initially uh, we ourselves were trying to figure out what our next position would be things of that nature but very soon after we started getting in a ton of requests uh, as far as the way that we've structured it we were actually doing Google advertising Facebook advertising things like that predating COVID now what ended up happening with just spending just a few dollars we'd get like hundreds and in certain cases thousands of users requesting loans. So we had an overwhelming demand that started. Uh, and what that meant was there was a lot of technology that was underlying our MVP that we didn't build. Like, so for instance, our automated, uh, automated risk management wasn't built out. So we had to manually go in and do all the background checks, do all of the, you know, looking at their cash flow, things of that nature. So what I'll say is it was... I think it made it very clear to us very quickly when the pandemic started and as it followed that we're going to be critical in helping people survive. So we weren't just a business that was helping them stay afloat. It turned into if we're not providing loans and we can't act fast enough, people will lose jobs. You know, people will have to have hard conversations with their families. So then it went from being just a startup to being almost a bit of, uh, you know, a calling for us. So we've been focused heavily on being able to just get the request, do the analysis of if it's a if it's a risk we're willing to take and getting them the funds as quickly as possible. So that's been sort of our key focus. And the challenge now is it's sort of flipped over where we've gone through the funding that we had originally acquired. And as founders, we've started putting our own funding in. So we have essentially self-funding so we can still continue providing these loans. So obviously we have a lot more skin in the game. Uh, at the same time, we're actually going out, working with other institutions, showing them where we are, our progress, so we can get additional funding from more institutional investors. Is there anything else that the pandemic has made you reevaluate things? The pandemic has positioned me to try to make this the company as recession proof as possible. So in my position, fast tracking the timeline on that marketplace where, okay, even if people aren't putting on makeup, they still might or women or whoever may not be putting on makeup, they still might be putting on lashes. They're still doing their makeup. 
maybe not professionally, but just to go to dinner or brunch with their mask if they still want to look somewhat presentable or cute. You know, I'm sure Brandon's going through it. We're going through it as well. It's how do we stay resilient in a time where we have to work a lot more than we'd anticipated. We all have our day jobs, but we're now trying to build this company. So it's been challenging, but I think overall, I, I always kind of I, I say to all my partners, uh, it's kind of like our first fight as a couple, right? And we just have to get through it. Um, and how we get through it will say more, speak more to us than when we're just, you know, being a happy-go-lucky couple. Now, one of the things that you guys have in common is you both worked with the Fordham Foundry. Are there any lessons that you learned from working there that you're able to use now? One thing specifically I learned that was important was in this realm, especially as it relates to me building out an app, certain developers have told me, you know, the app for the features I'm looking for is going to run me at least 170K, right? And I'm not sure about you guys, but I don't have 170K laying around. And a lot of people don't have 170K laying around. But how do I get my vision out without you know, the capital? I can always raise the capital. We can do show. We can raise, do some rounds, do some funding, et cetera. However, in this realm, in today's day and age, you can fake it until you make it, like literally. So take advantage of prototypes. Pay for what it would actually look like and how it would actually operate so that when you show it to investors and show it to even possible clients, they can see it, also get excited about it and realize this is something they want to be a part of. I've been a serial entrepreneur for about um, about eight years now. And one of the things that you learn really quickly that they don't show you in the movies is a lot of startup building, company building is uh, it's a social Thing. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to plug into all these different things that you need to do, but you need to find the best people you can in those areas to really help you. Because there's there's no one person sitting in some basement or even in a garage coding the future. Um, that person may have built something that can sort of give them direction, uh, but ultimately what it boils down to is being able to plug into the right people. And that is the key between succeeding or not. It's one of the main keys, I believe. So the foundation from that perspective has been phenomenal. Um, you, one, get to touch base with a lot of people who are, you know, subject matter experts in that particular field. In addition, if they're not, they know where to send you or they know who to talk to. So the foundry, I think, in that respect has been instrumental, especially for first time startups. Uh, I mean, Brendan, I'm not sure how long you've been, how many companies you've built out. But, you know, my first one, I flushed $500,000 of my own money down the toilet and I had nothing to show for except a really great app. You know, it could probably land a rover on Mars, but what it couldn't do was get the client in there to buy the product. What's the biggest challenge you face right now? Brandon, you want to go for that first again? You f I feel like we have a kind of a thing here where you we you have go, a thing going. We have a it's a it's a <laughs> it's a counterclockwise thing in yeah. my view here. Sure, sure, no problem. So the biggest challenge I face right now, I would say is building out a solid team. You can always find someone who loves it just as much as you and maybe they'll get some equity in the company and they'll do the coding or they'll be your CTO, things of that nature. However, I'm, I'm just so I'm clear, I'm not someone who thinks one person should be doing all the work. There's some CEOs out here and founders, they want to be, you know, in the books, good to great and all the, you know, they want to be known as the guy who took the company from zero to 100. I'm perfectly fine with delegating. Well, part of that is you either need to find somebody who, or people who are just as interested and invested or you need to pay them. So. I think when you don't have the funds or the capital to necessarily hire people, you're really focusing on trying to build out a team of people who can see the vision and agree with the vision and will grind through it with you. So I think right now my, my biggest challenge, and I actually just reached out to 
Al and um, Milton from the Foundry about an intern because the, the Foundry also provides interns. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that for, for the next round just because having someone who can perhaps maybe strictly focused on business development or strictly focused on marketing versus me trying to have eight legs doing it or eight different arms doing it is just a better approach. And what about on a, what about on a personal level? You have a day job too, and you and you uh, you have a, a, a life outside of work, I assume, uh, right? I do have a day job as well. That that's fairly demanding. I work I work in finance, and I also have a, a two year old as of last Sunday. He his name is Bryson. So yeah, full on employee, full on daddy mode, full on entrepreneur. But it's one of those things where you know it's it's the making of a good story, regardless of how it turns out. You know so. My son can also see that I can go to work and still chase my own vision, my own dreams, et cetera. So challenges, yes, but also, you know, learning moments by way of a lot of characters being built at this time, which I can imagine, Ozzy, in your past um, entrepreneurship ventures, whether they worked or didn't work, I'm sure a lot has molded you or changed you to a point where you're able to attack things differently now. So that's the one thing I've also learned. If this were to never work out, I know how to start a company lightning speed now. I know how to get things going super fast. I know how to, you know, do these particular things that for a lot of people is the biggest obstacle. What about you, Ozzy? Obviously, we've heard about some of the challenges on the, on the business front. What what would you say is the biggest that you face both there and also on a personal front? So I would say on a personal front, an ongoing challenge of mine has been time management, priority management. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, I, I currently run about five different companies that are spread across, you know, providing microloans like Equiduct uh, to others that do uh, credit card processing and so on and so forth. So the, the challenge that I have is um, where am I going to spend my time is probably the, the hardest thing. And every morning I have a little ritual I go through to determine what's the highest priority thing that I need to solve for the day. What's the most pernicious problem that we're having that I need to put my brain power into. As a, as a founder and as a CEO of a company, if, I, if my attention goes into something that is not uh, relevant and that does not push the company vision forward, then we're, we're just you know spinning wheels in dirt. Beyond that, I think at a company level, our biggest challenge right now is uh, we just need to go faster. Uh, I don't know how, to, how else to say it, but um, I've you know I've partnered with folks who come from corporate America, and there is a bit of a shackle that you wear when you come from corporate America, which is fast is not necessarily good. And what I mean by that is they're used to being very risk averse and taking very measured steps and determining what the return is. And a startup is very much not like that. It's it's not about taking measured steps. It's just about running as quickly as you can before either your juice, which is your funds run out, or you find something that works. Brandon, I'd be curious, um, you know, obviously it, I'm guessing this is your first company that you're building up. So if you could change one thing about yourself, forget about the company, it is what it is. Uh, one weakness that you think is slowing you down, stopping you from actually building this thing up, what do you think it would be? Oh, easy answer. It would be my inclination or lack thereof to attack the social media route. So in the beauty industry, seeing is a big part of it, being active on social media, et cetera. So for my Beauty Maps page, I have a, a marketing company that's ran by a friend who's handling the posting, et cetera. But a lot of that and a lot of things around businesses today, they want to see you, the personal person behind the business. 
in this case, it's a little bit different because I'm a 6'2 African-American man and I don't know much about makeup. So, but knowing that that's a key, especially in this day and age to being noticed is you, you, you have to push out content, right? You have to be seen, you have to be known. And I particularly don't enjoy that. You know, I have a private lifestyle. I enjoy that. So if there's one thing I could change, it would be uh, my ability to be okay with that. I, I shy away from publicity also as much as I possibly can, but you're the only, you're the main cheerleader for your company. Like now it's, I was, uh, I was on a flight down to Miami. I talk about my companies to anyone and everyone that's willing to listen. You know, I was literally trying to sell loans to people on the flight who were sitting next to me, you know, they're like, just put your mask on and shut up. And I'm like, I'm like, are you sure your business doesn't need to talk? Let's talk about how, how your cash flow is and so on support. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the trick really becomes is your weaknesses are your company's weaknesses, quite frankly. Um, you know, and that's it's true when they say from a from being in a business perspective as an MBA student, they always say, you know, find people that offset your weaknesses. It is especially true in a startup because nothing happens in that area unless you have that weakness accounted for. Brenda, did you want to ask Ozzy anything? Sure, absolutely. So you mentioned you mentioned that you ran through half a ticket on your first business. You can you can feel free to you know divulge the details if you want. But I was just curious, what did you approach differently? I know you mentioned the prototyping, but in this case, you don't you can't really prototype. You're either servicing a loan or you're not. So I'm just I guess I'm just curious in this case, how did you approach this business idea differently than you did your first one to try to avoid those pitfalls? So uh, I'll give you a great example. I think prototyping is shorthand for get it out there as quickly as possible, right? And we can call it whatever we want to, but prototyping really means get it out as quickly as possible, start getting feedback. So with respect to my first business, it was an uh, exotic car, peer-to-peer car rental company. So essentially, if you owned a Ferrari or Lamborghini, you can put it on a platform and someone will rent it from you and you monetize it. You know, it's a depreciating asset and we take a certain percentage of the, the profit, right? We built out the entire platform. We built out all the partnerships. We built out everything supply side. We had like over a hundred cars on our platform in five different states. And you know, we did all these things. What we didn't do was we didn't bring customers to the platform. We didn't have, so we spent all this money building up this supply base and this ability to connect the demand side with the supply side, but we never focused in on the demand side. Uh, Ultimately, what ended up happening was when it was time to shift gears and start focusing on the demand side, which we thought was going to be the hard, not the hardest part, turned out to be very hard. Uh, And on top of that, we ran out of money. Imagine in your mind, now that we can kind of see our way out of this pandemic and we're going to enter into back to normal, whatever that new normal is. But if you go to a bar and somebody you talk to asks you, why do you like starting companies? What do you tell them? I would have to say the freedom of knowing that this this idea or this business is a representation of my perseverance and execution. You know, at work, you work 40 hours a week, maybe you're actually productive for 25 of those 40 hours, but you'll still get paid for the 40. At a startup, you'll get paid for what you do. So if you're not, if you're only productive 25, you're only getting paid for 25. Uh, I am a, I'm a child of a small business owner. And, you know, my dad is great at so many things, but I was, I witnessed firsthand um, discussions at the dinner table about, you know, tightening our belt or not having enough money for vacation or, you know, at times, you know, if I only had 
had some more money, I could have grown the business differently or, you know, things of that nature. So for me, um, you know, building Equiduct was in direct response to those conversations that I had with my dad and my family had. Um, it's to say to people that, listen, it, it is tough being a business owner. And, you know, for me specifically, it's the number of people, you know, so every one business that goes under 10 people directly are impacted. And by the transitive property, it's, you know, a total of about 40 to 50 people are impacted by one business going down. So that's a lot of people that are hurt. That's a lot of people that don't have money. That's a lot of people that may not even have the ability to send their kids to school and so on and so forth. So so for me, it's, it's really straightforward. It's how do I build something that can provide or contribute to their lives at that level? <laughs>